Acts chapter number 2 in verse number 14. When you get there, say amen. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. Who said that? Peter? I'm I. Isn't it something how God can get inside of a life of a man and touch him to do the work of God? I want to preach to you for a few moments this morning. I don't know how long we'll be preaching. That'll be fine. That's all right. But I want to preach to you for a few minutes this morning on the unseen miracle at Pentecost. The unseen miracle at Pentecost. Can you lift up your hands one more time, church, and can you believe God with me today? Thank you, Jesus, for this great camp meeting, for this time, God, of refreshing, for this time where, Lord, you've touched our souls and you've met with us and you've ministered to our lives. We thank you for every soul that's come out this morning. I thank you, God, for this pastor and everybody that's worked so diligently to put everything together that we can be here this morning. Bless them, we pray. Father, I ask you to meet us around this altar and give us a fresh anointing as we preach the Word of God. For we love you, we thank you, and we give you glory and honor and praise in the loveliness name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and everybody said amen, amen and amen. Shake somebody's hand that's close by you and tell them I'm glad to see you at the McLean Camp meeting. Amen, amen, amen. Peter standing up with the eleven. Could this really be the same man? Is this really the Peter that I read about in the Word of God? Was not this the Peter that 50 days before was coming up and little children would say to him, You're one of his disciples. And they'd say back into, he'd say back into them, I don't even know this Christ. Was this the same Peter that, the, that, that, that rooster had to crow so many times just to get his attention? Was this the same man that at one time could deny? Christ, a lily-livered, jelly-backed man. He even came to the point where he said, well, boys, I'm going fishing. He's out there backslid. Somebody said, Brother Zane, do you think Peter was backslid out there? Well, the Bible said he was naked. That's good enough in my book to call him backslid. Amen. Beloved, but there come a time on that day of Pentecost, God touched that man. He stands up for that group of 3,000. No longer is he a jelly-backed little boy. No no longer is he somebody that can't make a stand for God, but he stands and says, Listen unto me, the man himself is a miracle. Say amen. When we begin to talk about the miracles that we see at Pentecost, Brother Thornton, we're so, I mean, we're so uh, easy to recognize this and something that we see. We move over to the book of Acts chapter number 3. We see about how a man's laid there crippled. Brother Normally he's been crippled there for all of his life. Been out there for years and years. But all of a sudden we say, oh, that's a miracle there. When God opens a blinded eye, that's a miracle there. When God unstops a deaf ear, that's a miracle. Yes, sir. Those are miracles. But the greatest miracle that you'll ever get your eyes on is a life that's been changed by the power of God. A soul that was on its way to hell, but now reaching toward heaven. Amen. That's a miracle. 
Amen. Somebody's over saying, I wish I could see a miracle. I got news for you. There's miracles all around you. We don't have time this morning to talk about the life that some of us were leading before we came to Christ. It's not something we brag about. It's not something we boast of. But glory be to God. He saved my life. He sanctified me. And it filled me with the Holy Ghost. That's a miracle. For a life that was on its way to hell. For God to change is a miracle. Beloved, hear me this day. If we could just get one soul that would have a life that's changed. When we leave this camp meeting, we can say it's worth it all. To see a life that was indifferent. To see a life that was careless. That soul that could stand and say, I'll follow the Lord. I'll lay down the world and take up the cross. Nobody saw, nobody saw that crippled spirit that Peter had get out of that wheelchair. But got out of that wheelchair, he did. Because he stood with the eleven and he proclaimed the unsearchable riches of Christ Jesus. We're moved by what we see, but there's something deeper than that. There's a heart of a man that has to be changed in the presence of God if he's going to be used by God. Give us hearts again and say, Lord, change me. Get a hold of me. Don't let me be the same way, but shake my soul and stir my life and when I can walk I'll walk as Christ and live as Christ to live as Christ amen give us hearts again God still changes people you hearing me God still changes people God can get a hold of you. My brother saying, you just don't know how bad he is. I don't know how bad that husband is. I don't know how bad that wife is. I don't know how bad that backslidden child is. But I know one that can change his life. It'll be a miracle, yes indeed. But the life will be changed. But the soul will be changed. But their heart will be changed. I was, Brother Morris, I was, I was in... St. Augustine, Florida, the year before last, at the end of the year, and there was a man, he was there on that Thursday night. We didn't have any preaching that night, Brother Connor. I mean, the Holy Ghost just moved. He was down there for about an hour, just weeping and seeking the face of God. I said, praise be the Lamb of God. Went home that next Friday night. I'm coming out of the evangelistic quarters. It was an upstairs building. I come around to the side. He saw me out front. He said, Brother Zane, I need to have a word with you. I said, that'll be fine. First of all, I thought to myself, man, he's probably backslidden less than 24 hours. He's probably upset with Brother Zane's. I said, let's get on the inside of the church. A little safer in there. And he walked up to me. And Brother Chris, he said, Brother Zane, do you remember preaching earlier this week? When you get saved, there's some things you need to get out of your home. Amen. I know that's a lost message, but I still believe people can get changed and get right and sanctified. 
He told me, Brother Hell, he said, remember how you was preaching that there's some things we need to get out of our house? I said, yes, sir, I sure do. He said, I feel like God helped me last night, but there's something I need to get rid of. Will you please come out to my car with me? I said, hold on one second. Let me go get your pastor, and all three of us will walk out there together. I walked out to that car. That man reached inside of that car. He bringed out a container, brought out a container this big around, and it was that deep. Opened that container up, and it was slapped full of dope. Are you hearing me? I mean, that thing was full of trust. He said, Brother Zane, over 20 years, I spent $100 a week smoking this garbage. I'm so sick of it. I'm so tired of it. I want to change. My God, I want to change. I want to change. I need a change. I said, I believe God can do that for your life. We prayed. I said, don't you play any games with me. We prayed. I said, if you really want to get free, you can get free. But don't you waste this preacher's time if you don't want to get free. He said, Brother Zane, I just want it away from me. I want complete deliverance and complete victory. We three got around that container, started praying for that man. For you know it, he threw that container on the ground and started stomping on it. And started stomping a mud hole in it. We walked inside of that church. He sat on that back pew. I looked at that boy. I said, no, sir, not tonight. All things have passed away. All things have become new. You're not a dope addict anymore. You're not a drug addict. My God, are you hearing me? And old boy, I sat on that front pew. He said, Brother Zane, what you don't know, I grew up in this church, and for over 20 years, I never felt worthy to sit on the front row. I said, tonight, there's been a change. That man kicked. He shouted. He shook. He, he did a whole lot better than some of you. Easy, preacher. But you'd have never thought he'd been out of the house of God in 21 years. God can still change men's lives. You don't know what a hard case this is. I got news for you. God's dealt with a lot of hard cases in the past. He can still deal with hard cases. He loved hard cases so much that He sent His only begotten Son and whosoever will believe in Him, they should not perish, but they shall have everlasting life. God can still do it. How's that a revival? And all of a sudden, this man walks up to me. Brother Thorne, he says, Hey, Brother Zane, he said, guess what? I haven't always been saved. I said, well, good. That makes two of us, you know. We, we got something in common. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. You don't understand the type of person I was before I got saved. Let me tell you about it. It's a man, he's up in age, a man and his wife. And then that lady's mother, old granny of the church, he started telling me the story. And Brother Suck, by the time that granny elbowed her way in there, and she said, let me tell it. I said, this is about to get good. Say amen. That lady told her mama. She said, mama, he's as mean as he can be. Ain't nothing ever going to change about him. Ain't nothing ever going to change. What am I going to do? 
She said, have you ever thought about praying over a cloth and anointing it with holy oil? Say amen. I still believe in prayer cloths. I know they may have used them in such and such television station just to try to get $300 off of it so they can blow their slimy nose in a handkerchief and send it to some poor person. No, sir, I'm sorry for that. But I still believe the holy power of God can be obtained, man. I still believe in it. She said, have you ever thought about giving the boy a prayer cloth? And she said, Mama, you know he will never wear a prayer cloth. If I give him that prayer cloth, he's going to throw it in the trash. He'll throw it out the window of the car. He ain't going to wear no prayer cloth, Mom. She said back to him what times he leave for work. She said he leaves the door at 7 o'clock in the morning. That next day, Brother Suggs, that grandma comes over to the house with some cut-up cloth, a bottle of oil, and a sewing kit. I said to myself, I'm sitting down. It's about to get better. She looks that lady in the eyes. She said, where's he keep his britches? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. They went and got a pair of them britches, anointed a cloth, sewed it in the seat of that old boy's pants. Never even knew. My God, never even knew. The power of God was convicting that soul. Every day he'd go to work. Every day he'd come home. And conviction was a stirring, a telling him he needs to change. couple weeks down the road he lays down in that bed his wife said he's got the distant look on his face or something rolling over in his mind he looks at his wife and says honey there's nothing left for me to do she said what do you mean by that he didn't say another word he just rolled over and on the edge of that bed, that hard-hearted man, and it put that wife through misery, and put them children through torment, started praying out, God have mercy on my soul. I need a change. They live on a little dirt road. That grandma lives on this side of the road, and they live on the other. That lady calls up her mother and says, Mama, guess what? The mama says, he's getting saved, ain't he? She said, how do you know? She said, because I'm sitting on my front porch, and I can hear that man cry from inside of his bedroom. Say, man, God changes lives. The power of the Holy Ghost is sufficient to change lives. We start talking about a miracle. Most of us really don't know what, what a real miracle is. A miracle is something that transcends the laws of nature. A miracle. Somebody, well, there's a miracle of a sunset. That's not a miracle. That's going to happen every day. But when Joshua stands and says, Lord, I need you to make that big sun stand still, say, that's a miracle. It stops everything. And the Lord said, I hearkened unto the cry of my child, and I'll answer their prayer. Naturally, Brother Norman, naturally, man is not good. Naturally, man 
is going to be stuck in his ways. You can stick him in every Alcoholics Anonymous you want. Put him through a 12-step program if you'd like. Keep him there till he can't remember his name. And as soon as he's going to get out, that carnal nature is going to rise. Temptation's going to be there. And more likely than not, he'll fall back into where he was. Stick a patch on that smoker all you want. When that patch gets gone, that craving's going to come back. Peter, I got to get down and preach this day. I? I said I wasn't going to preach long. <laughs> Scratch that. <laughs> we got microwaves, they'll heat it back up. Quit worrying. <laughs> Peter was a man that was changed. The power of the Holy Ghost changed his life. But hear me this morning. Peter, if you're going to get your change, you're going to have to be where God wants you to be. Wow. The more that Holy Ghost fell in that upper room, it never fell on those streets of Jerusalem. Peter, if you're going to get the help that you need, you better be where the Spirit of God is when it falls. Say amen to me, somebody. Don't, don't, don't get Brother Zane wrong this morning. I have no doubt God can speak to you in your car. God can speak to you at your house. I have no doubt of that. But do you know there are people that should have been in this meeting last night, but they chose on their very own not to come to this meeting? Whatever God had in store for them, whatever God had planned for them, Mr. They missed. They missed it. God ain't going to talk to you at that movie theater. God, everybody's saying Tuesday night's lodge meeting like, well, you need to get out of the mess anyhow. Say amen. God ain't going to talk to you at that lodge meeting night. I know there's times people got to work. I know there's times folks got to be out of town. I'm not coming against everybody for something like that. But they said the times where they need to have themselves in the house of God, in the presence. Why? It ain't because the preacher's trying to be mean. It's because God Almighty is wanting to touch your life and change you from what you were. Years ago, I was preaching one of the PYFC day meetings there. And we got finished with that night service and God moved in such a great way. And I went back to that hotel. It's just a little, just a little ways down the road here. And I usually try to go to bed pretty early, wake up pretty early. But about 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, I mean, I'm just as wide-eyed as I can be. It wasn't a glass of tea and it wasn't a cup of coffee that was keeping me up. But I kept feeling the Spirit of the Lord tell me, go back over to that church and go pray. I walked back over, we drove back over to that church, started praying there. It's just me and the Lord in that building about 2 o'clock in that morning. One little bitty light keeping the thing going. I don't know why I'm down there praying. I kept trying to think of every one of the folks in my youth group. They weren't coming to my heart. Mamas and daddies and uncles and cousins weren't coming to my heart, but I knew God wanted me there. And I felt like I touched him. And I didn't have a clue what I touched, but I knew it was the hem of his garment. It's a two-day trip back to Corpus Christi, Texas. One day from Jacksonville, McClinney area, to Mississippi. The next day from Mississippi down to Corpus Christi. And when I get back to Mississippi, they called me that morning. And Brother Norman, they told me, Brother Zane, I, I sure hate to tell you this, but last night, 
between about 12 and 3 o'clock in the morning, sometime around there, somebody broke inside of your house and somebody was stealing stuff outside of your home. I just said, thank you very much. It's already covered in prayer. Brother Zane, you tell me that God didn't keep them from stealing all your stuff. God didn't keep them from stealing my stuff. But God kept them from stealing my victory. I've already prayed it through. I've already amen, somebody. I've already touched God over the situation. When God begins to deal with you, when God begins to touch you, if you're going to get the help that you need, you're going to have to expose yourself to the Spirit of God. You know what? Say it, son. You know why Baptist kids act bad? And I'm not throwing off on Baptist today. But do you know why Baptist kids act Baptist? Because that's all they've been exposed to. You know why? You know how Methodist children act Methodist? Because that's all they've ever been exposed to. You want your children to be Pentecostal? Open it to them. Say amen. Let them walk in it. Let them live in it. Let them see it in these altars. Every time you begin to worship God, every time you begin to praise on the name of the Lord, what do you? That just ain't for you, Mister. It ain't just for you to get a chill bump down your back. I got news: these babies looking at you. Ain't somebody else watching your? Ain't somebody else watching your life? Ain't somebody else wanting to know how's the real touch of God alive for me in the year 2005? It's time we expose people to the power of God. How's you pastoring? Brother Morris, you know what I'm talking about, man. There were some places I just could not take my young people. Son, now there were some days I got some scalding water thrown down my back from some angry mamas. <laughs> Amen. But I didn't dare expose them babies to that kind of environment. Amen. You want a dead church? <laughs> Just expose those children to dead services. Well, I don't know why, Brother Zane, our young people don't shout like they do when I was their age. When I was their age, I used to run and dance. I'll tell you why. Because when you was their age, they was folks your age showing you how to do it and worship and worshiping the Lord and yet letting you know it's still fine to let God Almighty have His way. Peter's changed. Peter's touched because Peter's exposed to the power of God. You know what? He may not come in here in the fullness like he really wants to this morning, but it may just be tonight. And if God wants me here, I don't want to miss it. Say amen. And it may, I mean, I hope, but it may not even be tonight. It may be tomorrow morning. It may be tomorrow night. But I just know whenever he comes in the fullness and whenever he comes to the point where I got to know where ain't nobody running and ain't nobody shouting, but we're all on our face saying, holy, 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 I want to be here for it. It has changed because he's open. He's open to it. 
He's around it. He lives in it. I was speaking to somebody just yesterday. And they told me of where they were living. And it was so hard to find a good conservative church in that area. And I told that person, people don't really ever know. People kind of take it for granted what it means just to have some of this that we take on a day-by-day basis. Oh, well, brothers, ain't things have just went so smooth and the service was so pretty. I got news for you. Right underneath the surface of all that was some prayers of some saints of God that was holding back the forces of hell and pleading the blood of Jesus at the power of God and have free court. Can't preach a little longer. Look at Elisha. Look at Elijah. I've got to be with him. I've got to be around him. I've got to walk with him. Wherever he goes. Wherever he goes, you know the story as good as I do. Elijah looked at Elisha and said, Son, I tell you what, wherever I go, you just you just don't let me go. You just why Elisha knew whatever's gonna happen to Elijah, I've got to be there when that thing happens. You know that man started walking, he told that boy, he said, Now don't let me go, son. I mean just stay right beside me. But then he turns right back around and he says, Now I gotta go over here, so you you just stay over there. You you just stay over there. Don't let me go, son. Say amen. He held on in hell. And the man said, come on. Now just sit down right there. Just sit down right there. That's good, son. You're learning. He never let him go. He said, son, I'm a staying with you. I'm a walking with you. Because whatever happens, whenever it happens, I'm going to be there to expose my heart to it. Thank you, son. Wow. Whenever... Whatever. All I know is when it happens, I'm going to be there. Why? Because Elisha is wanting to be changed in the presence of God. He didn't ask Elijah. Elijah, I want everything you got. He said, Elijah, I want a double point. In other words, I want something you ain't got. You young preachers, and I'm the same way. Man, I'll start hearing enough preacher one time. Man, I hear enough Brother Clinton and son, I'm shaking my finger. Amen. I'm saying, bless God. Amen. I don't know you other preachers ever do that. That's just Brother Zane. Amen. But some of you preachers can get around a preacher long enough. You know when to end, when to uh, and when to amen, and when to kick, and when to shout. And if you get really good enough, you can have everything they got as far as a presentation. But what you need is not a mimic presentation, but a power of the Almighty. Elisha said, I just want to be there. I just got to be there. Whatever it takes to let God touch my life. There's got to be an exposure to it, doesn't there? Uh Uh-oh. Wait a second. Wait a second. Hold on a minute. Peter! You walk three and a half years with him. Every day, you knew what he was like. Brother Chris, he knew what his favorite meal was. He knew what time Jesus did this, and he knew what time. Why? Because he's around it all the time. After three and a half years, 
I mean, he probably knows what side Jesus parts his hair on and how he likes to preach and how long he likes to preach. But hold on, Peter. An exposure in and of itself is not enough. Not only must there be exposure, there must be experience. Exposure to the things of God without personal experience, Brother Thornton, of the things of God only leads to a hardening of the heart. Exposure to the things of God without experience with the things of God only leads to a hardening of heart. Do you know the hardest people to move for God? People that's been in this thing all their life. People that's seen it over and over. People that's heard the message over and over. You hear me? God, God, God's not a gambler. God's not a gambler. But He opens your heart up to it and throws everything on the line. When you expose yourself to the power of God, you only leave better or you leave. Bless God. That preacher ain't going to tell me what to do. I've been in this thing for 35 years. I've been in the way for 35 years. I don't have to go there, do I? One, one preacher told me, he said, he started pastoring a church, and there's a boy that come up to that choir every service. And that boy had been there for a long time. He knows what that church was. He knew what that church That boy had long enough hair to put in a ponytail. And that preacher told me, he said, now, son, I love you. But if you're going to get up on this platform, you need to get that haircut. Say amen. World War Three started in that church. Oh, hello. Mama, that ain't never been spiritual before. I mean, now now she's, you know, right there telling God what to do. Say amen. Bless God, we'll just quit going to that church. Two weeks later, school started up. That boy tried out for that football team. Coach looked at him and said, Son, you're going to be on this team. Got to get that haircut. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is it, is it maybe possible that we've been around this thing so much that we've lost the reverency and the power of God? And is it just been maybe that we've rubbed shoulders so much with the pastor and rubbed shoulders so much with the preacher that when he says, Thus saith the Lord, it's no longer brother sons. That's just old Donnie. It ain't old Donnie. It's a, my God. It's a mouthpiece for what God is trying to say to the church. Let me tell you, let there be an experience along with the exposure. Oh. Yeah. Prostitute walks off that street, comes and gets saved. We tell her, now listen, we love you, but we believe in modest apparel. She says, bless God, not a problem at all. I'm dreaded to get out of that life of sin anyhow. But mister, we got preacher's daughters today. When you tell them to dress godly, they're going to say, I'll never come back to your church. We've lost the reverency. We've lost the reverency for God. Exposure. Plenty. 
experience lacking. Give me a few more minutes here this morning. First time I ever went down to Guatemala for the hail, there's a young lady and her mother that went with us, our group. And one day, man, we went out on that street and we was passing out tracts, letting people know Jesus loves them. Last day we was there, and I always like try to take them on a nice little sightseeing place if I can. We took them by and saw some beautiful stuff there, sceneries. Trip was over wonderful. She called me a few weeks later, Brother Morrison. She she was so excited. She said, Brother Zane, do you know my favorite part of that trip? And I let me get a glass of water. Good, thanks. She said, You know my favorite part of that trip? I mean, I'm just waiting for her to tell me that last day when we saw those wonderful mountains and all. I mean, that has got to be the we're we're talking about a girl from Mississippi. I mean, north of us. Yeah. But the Morris telling there ain't much to do in the great state there. It's a great state, but that's why all of us preachers from Mississippi come to Florida. Amen. She said, Brother Zane, do you remember that day we went out passing out tracks? Tears welled up in my eyes. I said, yeah, baby. She said, Brother Zane, that was the greatest time thing I ever did. That was the greatest time I ever had. You don't understand, she told me. She said, I'm 16 years old. I was raised in a wholeness church. And I've never handed out one gospel track. Ho, 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 ho. Don't you look at that girl with a sanctimonious look. Because I dare say 80% of our wholeness young folks has never witnessed one time. Exposure! Experience? Lacking. But hell messages? Plenty. Heartfelt conviction at that altar? Lacking. Page 130? Page 180? Page 120? You already know the names. Exposure, plenty. Experience, we wonder why there's such little change inside of our churches. Because the longer you're exposed without an experience, the harder you become. Help me, Holy Ghost. Just a few more minutes here. Just a few. Mamas, when your baby calls you on the phone and says, Guess what, Mama? I got filled with the Holy Ghost tonight at church, at youth camp, at such and such place. It's, don't just kind of yawn and say, All right, okay. Well, you still got enough money to buy Snickers after the service? Amen. Are you, Brother Zane, you're making that up. Wrong. Hello. Be just as excited as the night you first got filled with the Holy Ghost. Work, 
There again, I understand there's times where people, I mean, have to get up and leave right after the preaching. I mean, they got to go for whatever. We understand there's emergencies. But there's a lot of people that's got this in their mind. We stay just long enough for the preaching. And when the altar call comes, you know what we do. Worst, worst thing you can ever do to that family is after they've been exposed to the power of God is to rip them away from an opportunity to experience One time may not get them, Brother Morris. Two times may not get them. But there comes a day in their heart, they start thinking, that's how church is supposed to be. And that's just what we do naturally. That's, that's how it's supposed Wrong. It's not how it's supposed to be. Honey, get the purse. They're having one of them shouting services again. Well, it's time for us to go. Have you ever thought that maybe God put on the brakes from everything else just for you? you ever thought that maybe God shut down everything just for you? But you're exposed. But there's never an experience. No wonder there's no change. Lastly, this morning... Peter was changed because he had an exposure to it. Because he had an experience with it. But he took away an enlightenment from it. When you have an experience with what you've been exposed to, there's an opening up of your heart to see God's perfect will for your life. Now, I don't believe in these folks that tell me you've got to have a special revelation just to read this Word. But you hear me. This is a spiritual book. And it's interpreted by spiritual people. That's why we've got doctors in our colleges today that can read this book and still miss things. Carnal men trying to interpret a spiritual book. That's why we got people then when it comes to a church vote can vote carnally because they've never had an experience with what for so long they've been exposed to. Mr. Jimmy, would you help me come this morning? Church, I want God to change my life for a greater anointing with Him. I want God to take my life and to change me from what I am to something greater for Him. As Brother Norman spoke about, not to be seen of men, but with childlike faith, how to simply grab God by His hand and say, Lord, touch my heart. But the only way I'm ever going to get that is if I have an experience with what for so long I've been exposed to. Stand with me this morning all over this house. Somebody lift up your hands to heaven and begin to call on the name of the Lord. Somebody begin to say, God, put a fresh anointing inside of my heart. I want a fresh touch of God inside of my life. I want a fresh anointing. God, change me from what I am to what you desire. From Come on, church, worship Him this morning. Worship Him this morning. Worship one man to keep
cowardly. No direction. No boldness. But on that day, he was changed. Peter, you had an experience. What you've been for some of you this morning, it's been a long time since you've had an experience with what you've been exposed to. I wonder this morning, and I'm not going to call anybody out, but I wonder this morning if all the way from the back to the front, if your heart says, Brother Zane, I desire for God to change me into a greaterness of his likeness. I want to have an experience with what I've been exposed to. You would you step up from where you're standing this morning? And would you meet me around these altars? God still changes people. God still changes hearts. Preachers, God still changes churches. Well, Brother Zane, you don't understand. That thing's been dead and plucked up. You give it to God and trust the Lord that will get a hold of hearts and bring in the hungry and bring in the lost. And God can change that community.